2: the light illuminate all of you he replied gathering his reins yet he hesitated a moment then added if you ever need me send word to fal dara and i'll find a way to come here in chapter 11 the dragon reborn hello and welcome back i am here with my good friend tracy
0: i am here with my seed singer sister amber <laughs>
2: But our seed singer, sister, Adrian. is in Yes, as well. yes,
0: absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. And this is the Road to Tar-Vallon, a Wheel of Time podcast. And today we are cruising through the Dragon Reborn, chapters 8 through 11. I did want to say before we start, shout out to Shade Hozo, one of mm-hmm. our new patrons, <laughs> and Luz Theron. It's really good to have you guys with us, and mm-hmm. you're so much appreciated, and both of them are really awesome people, so They're I know great. them. I actually know these patrons, so <laughs> that's cool. So let's see here, Tracy. We yes. are starting out at Chapter 8, Jara. Should we jump into the summaries? Oh, yeah. I mean, unless
0: you have anything you want to talk about before it, but I'm... I'm ready to dive in. Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Chapter mm-hmm. 8, Jara. We are returning to Perrin's point of view again. And his party has reached the city of Jara, which is the name of the chapter. There have been a wave of celebration in the city. They noticed that when they're looking upon the city, some of the grass looks trampled. And you can tell something had gone on. And a man, Simeon, greets them, and he tells them that there have been endless marriages happening within the city. They They meet innkeeper Master Herod, and he takes them to their rooms, explaining white cloaks have been here and acting odd. Coming through town, some of them leaving the white cloaks, like just stripping from their white cloak regalia and being like i'm done i quit (laughs) and then others are pretty much trying to burn the town so that's fun (laughs) we learned that ran has passed through town from simeon Perrin asks him and he's uh, and simeon knows of a person that is resembling ran and simeon thinks that Rand is having some issues. He's muttering and talking to himself, and Perrin's like, yep, that's the guy. (laughs) So, Simeon pegs Moraine for an Aes Sedai and pleads with Perrin, asking for her help. He has a brother who needs healing, and Moraine, we go from that to Perrin going to Moraine, and... Moraine has already deduced that Rand has been through town because she's like, look at all these things that are happening. Clearly, signs Mm -hmm. of a Taviran. So they go to meet Simeon's brother, Gnome. He's a man in a cage. It turns out that Gnome is also a wolf brother, but he has gone full wolf. And there's no healing that Moraine can do Parent talks Simeon into freeing Gnome and letting him run free, and this is what happens in Jara.
0: Run free, Gnome.
2: Free Gnome. <laughs> <laughs> I I knew this was coming, and it still it still hurts me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, how much fun would it have been to know Gnome before the transformation? Yeah, because we. We get, like, stories about him and his brother, Simeon, is like, well, when he's out drinking, he used to say that he can talk to wolves. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, sadness. Yeah. And,
0: I mean, the moment that Maureen goes in to do, like, the healing, the way that she handles it, and, like, just a super calm way and parents freaked out you know he's like oh "Oh my gosh this is not gonna go well for you and maureen's like whatever i got this but like she does her little like aes Sedai overall body check and Mm -hmm. she's like there's nothing we can do for him and as soon as she like gets out and closes the gate to the cage gnome attacks the cage and he goes at it so hard that Perrin observes that some of his teeth had broken off jaggedly and as someone Mm -hmm. who hates dental work i cringed so hard just like pain at how badly this creature wanted out wanted freedom That they mm-hmm. were willing to damage themselves Like that's what animals do That's what animals do Not people
2: usually You know So, Do you if, think we're going to get a gnome In the show? Sorry to cut you off but n- No no that's a really good question
0: Ugh. You know They should do it They should Like it's such a small Flip of a scene But to give like a TV show audience who hasn't, like, read the books. And so, like, their awareness of what the Wolfkin can, can do or what dangers might await them, like, yeah. they don't know about it. And mm-hmm. so if they stumble across this poor guy... And I mean, in some ways, he even almost resembles Perrin. Yeah? 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 Yeah.
2: I'm just thinking about, like, how it would look having, you know, a man in these tattered clothes. Mm -hmm. Perrin remarks that he looked as though he had been trying to tear his clothes off,
1: Mm -hmm. which
2: to anyone who has owned a pet and had has put clothes on their pet <laughs> you know like they, sometimes they don't like it and they'll just kind of like squirm their way out of it but yep. he he looks like he has hulked out of his shirt you mm-hmm. know yeah and yeah i'm just thinking about this poor soul in a small cage
1: mm-hmm. like
2: just rattled you yep. know just mm-hmm. rattled and also how hard of a role that would be to play
0: right but I think, I think it would really be – I think it wouldn't be difficult to do. I don't think it would be hard to work into the season at all. Mm-hmm. Like, Gnome could show up for, like, 15 minutes, not even, and you would get, like, everything you needed from that to know what potentially faces Perrin, what his internal dialogue might be without actually getting – the internal dialogue that we get from reading the books you know
2: yeah something that I didn't bring up in the summary is that the white cloaks have been searching for Perrin in this mm-hmm. village mm-hmm. so they're out looking for a man with yellow eyes so Perrin is taking his meals in his room because mm-hmm. you know those pesky white cloaks mm-hmm. and yeah and Simeon's is looking out for him interesting. too yeah, yeah, I love that. And Perrin feels bad because he had he had made <laughs> he, fun of the way Simeon looks and then after he gets to know him, he feels ashamed that he had ever kind of like made fun of him.
0: Yeah, compared him to a frog. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That that had, hit me too, because I was like, Oh, Perrin. Mm-hmm. You're so sweet and remorseful. <laughs>
2: What do you think about the children of the light, like, leaving? Didn't one – was it one that said that he wanted to go hunt for the Horn of Valir and was just like, I'm out? Yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, like, Lan's like, White Cloaks swear for life. What the hell? Right. Like, he's like, this is unusual behavior even for White Cloak. Like, everything Mm -hmm. that they're describing – happening with the white cloaks it feels this is one of those places where if it's like almost cartoony like i just picture them kind of dispersing in all these different directions and all talking yeah you get kind of like
2: a monty python montage going on yes yes
0: (laughs) they just need the
2: coconuts
0: you know forget the horses take the coconuts off we go
2: what else here? Okay, so this I thought was interesting, because when Lan and Moraine learn that Simeon had <laughs> recognized, yeah, Moraine as an Aes uh huh, Lan was gonna kill him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Lan was gonna kill him. I yeah, don't know he if
2: like- I can see show Lan doing that. Oh, maybe, it be... maybe they should. It I was gonna good, say, though. wouldn't it
0: be good if they did do that? Like, just a, a reminder that he will do right? whatever it takes to protect Moraine and her identity and her mission. Like, yes, yeah, I'd be down for TV show land doing that. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can. The, I can. We see... need the two sides. Yeah, I can see TV show Moraine having this like. Like, how I think, I think uh, Daniel Henney said that he learned how to act with his face so often because of like the connection that Lan and Maureen are supposed to have. And I can mm-hmm. see that this could be one of those scenes. And I think Rosamund Pike, if no doubt, could pull it off. Oh, yeah. I think Daniel Henney would do a great job, but just to have poor parents standing there and being like, wait a minute, you were going to kill him. We're going to kill him. And Lance, even like, Moraine, I, th- I think you made the wrong decision.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was he was for it.
0: <laughs> he was for it. And she was like, mm, no, we're
2: Does, good. Well, I mean, he's not held back by her oaths. So. Mm-hmm. No. But would Moraine actually let him do it? Mm-hmm. Is the question, I think, that it falls on.
0: I think she would if she felt that they were, like, in a situation where there was no other option. Like, in this situation, Simeon feels, like, minimal threat level in this small village. Like, I'm sure her and Lan can handle it. Like, just put him in a closet for the night you guys are (laughs) staying or something, you know? Like, you don't need to kill him. So... (laughs) <laughs> stick meat in the closet you stay here
2: <laughs> and too i really like we get this new it's not really new new information but we're learning about the Taviran pole. Mm. you know
1: yeah and, and we like talked about strong. this so
2: much mm-hmm. yeah how in the tv show we haven't seen that yet but here mm-hmm. we're getting it on two ends because, one, we're seeing what happened when Rand steamrolled his way through town. And everything <laughs> goes just wild. But now we have Perrin's to veer and pull where if Perrin would have not kind of talked Moraine into helping this man, mm-hmm. it is very possible that within a day white cloaks show up and Simeon's like, yeah, we had a group of people come through town one of them was acting pretty cagey Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty sure the other was an aes Sedai Mm
1: -hmm.
2: so two points for the Taviran yeah and Jara
0: the thing that also happens with like that white cloak connection and Simeon being kind of like tugged by a Taviran as well is how simeon is the one who tells perrin that it's the white cloaks looking for someone with like those golden eyes and he's like i don't think anyone like might have noticed other than me and Perrin, yeah perrin's like so what what do you think about this perrin ibarra or whatever and simeon's like i don't think a dark friend would have cared about my brother and what happened to him and it was like This is so good. Right in the feels. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Do you think that the weddings and the white cloaks is a good example of Tavirenness? Because I have to say, throughout the books, are there other things that happen Mm -hmm. like this because of Tavirin? Yep. I think they say something like, the pattern kind of shapes things that would have happened anyway, but it mm-hmm. just kind of influences it, maybe? Yeah.
0: I believe that once I think it's at the end of this book that once they get to tear, there are like signs of Rand coming through because of people's dreams and certain things that have happened like in and around tier even, where like a a child fell from a third story window and hit the ground, bounced up and just walked off, you know, or like the Mm -hmm. fish fell out of the cart and formed the ancient symbol of the Aes Sedai or something weird. Like they're definitely weird little indicators and I think they happen at various points throughout the series, but I also feel like they kind of, taper off which is kind of nice like there's so much going on that and we know so much now about like what Taviran can do and what kind of path we're on that it feels like it's okay for it to be kind of like tapering off if that makes sense
2: yeah I feel like in this instance it was a little bit more hmm, Robert Jordan kind of made it advanced mm-hmm. <laughs> advanced Taviran so that we <laughs> get that first look at what mm-hmm. it can do and he had to make it Kind of intense so that it sticks mm-hmm. out that you remember it
1: mm-hmm. but
2: for the most part I can't think of you know widespread events like this happening again until much later on but I don't think some of those instances were actually to veer in mm-hmm. and more like people becoming incredibly powerful and doing things that
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> shouldn't be able to be done but yeah yeah Should we move on to wolf dreams? Um, I'm good to move forward. Okay. Chapter nine, wolf dreams. Aroo! (laughs) (laughs) So Perrin returns to the inn and confronts Moraine about wanting to know more about his condition, I'm going to call it. Mm Mm-hmm. She admits that she does not know much about his wolf brother ness, and she does not ease his fears at all. <laughs> we learned that the wolves live partly, or the wolves and wolf brothers live partially in the world of dreams, and the Aes Sedai, with a talent of dreaming, can sometimes find wolves as their guides, which is very cool. Mm hmm she warns him to be careful both awake and asleep. So, then we move forward. Perrin goes to sleep. And he meets Hopper, the wolf. Hopper lives. Hopper lives. I love that. In the dream. In In the the dream. dream. Mm. Yeah, Hopper who always wanted to fly. So, Hopper warns Perrin, like, look. You need to get out of here. You need to run. And Perrin is kind of like, Hopping from locations. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: at one point he sees this man in a very extravagant outfit. Mm -hmm. And then this man dies in a horrific way. Like brutally torn apart.
0: This won't surprise you, but that's always been one of my favorite little moments in this book. (laughs) I think it's really well written. Like,
2: from From the outfit and the clipped accent Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: where would you say this man is from you know I
0: was trying to think of that and I don't know if I ever landed on a a specific place let me look up I love that he's like not only do I dream of peasants now but foreign peasants how dare you (laughs) be gone from my dreams fellow
2: yeah Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this one's re- like, this is really funny, though, how he's like, what are you doing here?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I am above you. Right? Please leave.
0: And then he's, like, ripped of his skin. Okay, so, strangely cut coat and breeches, the coat flaring over his hips as the bottoms of the breeches flared over past his butt past his boots both were bright yellow and his boots were only a little paler honestly this doesn't sound like any garb that i'm super familiar with
2: i was thinking a tyra noble but i don't know if they have clipped accents yeah and based i know on... that there's a, like... i know that there's one group that has a clipped accent
1: <laughs>
0: adrian says adrian. dresses
2: like brigida <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah. yeah yeah the flare out over the boots and stuff yeah i really don't know i was thinking taryn the first time that i was like reading over it but then i was thinking also the fact that like oh most
2: of the time what Okay, so the Kairi have a clipped accent, but
1: the really... outfit
2: is not Kairi at all. Bright Mm-mm. yellow yeah. can't be.
0: No, they were all dark colors.
1: Hmm.
2: Maybe as we go forward, we will get a, another hint, maybe?
0: It would be really fun if this is like some throw off outlier that there's really not another description like this later <laughs> on in the series. and like
2: it's possible. It is it's like very possible.
0: Yeah. and I mean, wouldn't that be funny like if this was just like, because I mean, how much do we get about Shara? Not much.
1: Yeah, so that's it would be, true.
0: It would be kind of fun if this was like, and I mean, I don't know how the Sharon nobility dresses. So maybe they like yellow?
2: It could be. They oh, like but their I robes. Think- I'm just thinking of Lord Turok and his fancy robes.
0: Yeah, I was trying to think maybe Shanchen, but it didn't sound like Shanchen gear. Not for a noble.
2: And Sean Chen have like slurred accents, not that. Yeah. Fit. Yeah. So I don't it know. It could be it could be someone on an island somewhere that we right? don't even know about. He's from uh, the Isle of Madness
0: Baltimore. or
2: whatever it is. <laughs> He's from Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Without a doubt. Parent has
2: found the Baltimorean. Mm-hmm. Okay crossover crossover how do you i'm thinking that this murder has to be shadow spawn related oh yeah one of those creepy crawlies
0: yeah because i think like as parents observing like where he is he Says how, like, there are strips of shadows along the walls that seem to like move. And so, I mean, I, this is a bit Stranger Things, kind of. Um, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, how there are like these creepy vine things that like reach out and grab individuals. Like, that's kind of how I see this is like just a really malevolent um,
2: vine. <laughs> You're thinking of the Little Shop of Horrors.
0: Kind of. Yeah. If Little Shop of Horrors and Stranger Things had a baby, it would be whatever is crawling around in this dreamscape.
2: Now I'm just thinking of a mashup of the Demogorgon from Stranger <laughs> Things and the plants that come out of the pipes and Mario Brothers. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay. The tentacles with tentacles. With tentacles. So, There's a lot happening here.
2: <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I didn't even finish the summary. I I'm so even sorry. I didn't finish the No, no, no. It's <laughs> fine. No, I like that, though. Okay, So good. This guy is torn apart and Hopper shows back up and, oh, wait. Perrin switches again to another location and He sees this beautiful woman, all in white, with dark hair. And she's so beautiful. And she is surprised to see Perrin. And she's Mm -hmm. like, yo, you got to go. You're going to (laughs) ruin everything. You have no idea what you're about to do. Mm
1: -hmm. And she's
2: kind of losing it. And then Perrin is stuck. And he can't retreat. And Hopper is like, leave, run. you know. And Perrin's like, what do you want me to do? So Hopper attacks him. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
2: Perrin wakes up like... In bed, covered in blood. And then we switch to Rand's point of view. (laughs) This is a very quick summary. He is in a forest, hiding from dogs. He Mm -hmm. waits for Mm -hmm. one, then blasts it with the one power, and continues west. Take that. (laughs) Take that, dog. (laughs) I love that. I'm no easy meat. Yes, I almost picked that quote for today. Yeah. I I,
0: I just think it's such a... i don't know if outside of the wheel of time i've ever really heard that expression i'm no easy meat i mean it makes sense but i always just find it kind of funny like he's a walking steak or something
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Grand all i ju- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: But also yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that's why the dogs can't get it like they have to get to him it's like my dogs in the kitchen you know like, like a, <gasps> do i smell onions <laughs> right. meat is there meat this guy keeps referring to himself as meat it's just funny and i mean matt says it i think perrin probably says it too maybe this is a two rivers phrase i don't know
2: I'm no easy meat mm-hmm so I mean it me laugh. It's good to spend more time in the dream world, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's starting to slowly like become fleshed out, I feel mm-hmm. like. You I know, agree. Like, I think Robert Jordan was kind of kind of working on it as he goes mm-hmm. and now we're starting to get to some of I feel like the backbone of it, which is nice.
0: hmm I think the big difference between the use of Teleronriod, Teleronriod now is Perrin has a bit more agency about entering it on his own. He's not being taken there every time by one of the Forsaken, which is what has happened in the past, too matt and rand and perrin and now he's just kind of like slipping into it when he falls asleep and hopper's there trying to kind of like guide him but perrin's like no it's not real this isn't happening and you know how i feel about that i'd
2: be like yes wolf teach me (laughs) teach me your wolfy ways (laughs) I want to run and play in the grass
0: i will leap through through fields of flowers with you this is teleron road we can do whatever we want you know like poor parent it's all doom and gloom and he doesn't ever like take advantage of frolicking in fields with ghost wolves i would do that
2: adrian brought up a good point Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spoiler free, but at some point in one of these next chapters coming up, shit, I said the name that I didn't want to say, Aiden, erase that name, (laughs) in one of the chapters coming up, there is a character who says the same thing about not being easy meat, but it's a little bit different, Yeah, excitement, exciting,
0: oh my gosh, yeah, her chapters are coming up. Mm Mm-hmm. This, I am gonna, I'm gonna get a little uh, swoony fangirl when that happens because I just think I'm just, I'm not even gonna say it because there's a lot of really fun shit coming up. And yes,
2: I'm so excited for it too. This, mm-hmm. that was the point in this book where I was like, okay, I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm fully in. This yeah. is it.
0: I think the only thing that I wanted to kind of Like just touch on really, really slightly is when Lanfear is like you'll ruin everything. Like she's surprised to see him. She's upset that he might like fuck up one of her plans. And I just I just kinda giggle a little that Lanfear again is being thrown off balance by one of these peasant boys from the Two Rivers.
2: She's like, when will this end? I've got plans. Right? Nothing yeah. is working. She, can, she... I, her, and, her, and Moraine could have could sympathize
1: with each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, they could have. They could have ma- had notes. So did he? Like behave like a wool headed mule around
2: you all the time? Yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> yeah, totally me him. too.
0: <laughs> exactly. They have a lot
2: in common, actually. Now that I think about it, trying to herd these kids. Young yeah, each
0: one around. of them going about it the wrong way.
2: What do you think we're
0: doing wrong? Everything. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: that's good. That's good. Mm. I, I do like
2: the description of Rand hitting the giant black dog mm-hmm. with the one power. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool, and I think... For people who are new readers, like, take note of the description because mm-hmm. maybe it'll come into play later, but it's called A Solid Bar of White Fire, Yeah, and it's kind of awesome. I mean, yeah. it sucks for the dog, but...
1: <laughs> when <laughs> I, I always... first
2: read that, I was like, what is going on with this kid? Why is he... What is with all the animal abuse? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Leave those poor dogs alone. Right?
1: (laughs) Uh, You just want to
0: hang out by your fire? It's fine. It's fine. Right? Yeah. I like the description of what happens to them after they've been hit.
2: Mm. Yes.
0: Like, this is actually an image that I feel like I see fairly clearly. And it almost feels like... Reversed exposure... Like in a in a dark room kind of feeling, if that makes sense. Like
2: yeah, no, like that, through a negative that makes, almost. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And I love that. What's,
2: what's the movie you were saying you were watching with Aiden and like someone gets fried with something and you can like it's almost like an X-ray you can see the skeleton. They're like, do ah, you know what you're talking about?
0: I'm thinking.
2: Or is it like aliens or something? They get hit, I don't know.
0: The what you're talking about sounds like Mars Attacks. So maybe yes. Is yes. it? Yes, that's what I'm thinking
2: of. That's
0: what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> that okay, is did legit you have- one of my
0: favorite movies. <laughs> it's so fucking funny every time. There's something wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> I think that's all I had for nine because I mean seriously, chapter ten and eleven. Yeah, ah, let's let's get let's to go. well let's
2: get let's get to our word from our sponsors who are mm. us. Mm-hmm.
0: Momentary interruption, friends. Since we are not good at remembering to promote ourselves
2: during the show, here's how you can keep the road to Tarvalen growing. First off, rate and review us wherever you listen to the road to Tarvalen. This helps new listeners find the podcast. Listener support is available
0: through Anchor.
2: You can contribute as
0: little as a dollar a month with amounts leading up to a generous $9.99 a month.
2: Also, we have a new merch shop. Cozy Contorta was inspired by the books and characters we love, and it's not just Wheel of Time focused. Go check it out at Cozy Contorta on Instagram or find the link on our website via social media. Income
0: means better equipment. More content and more opportunities to be able to grow our amazing community. We love you all and feel endlessly grateful to each of our listeners for joining us week after week on the road to Tarvalon. Thank you
2: so much. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And now we are back with Chapter 10 Secrets. So, this was okay. I'm going to try and make the summary quick here and we'll fill in the blanks afterwards. So if Gwen's party reaches the outskirts of Tarvalen, she is riding with Elaine and Nynaeve and Matt and Kieran and Baron, and they're returning from Toman Head from the big battle at the end of the Great Hunt. Mm-hmm. So Matt is being carried on a litter, which is kind of like a stretcher that's connected to two horses, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Matt is dying. Egwene has been having troubling dreams, and Nynaeve predicts a storm coming. Hiran the sniffer, worries over some tracks that have been left, and he's got a bad feeling about something. And then the group faces off with white cloaks, which is what I'm guessing what Huron was sniffing out. So... Egwene loses her cool and channels Earth, tossing the white cloaks around like ragdolls. And this is in response to her being captured by the shang And she's like, I'll never be captured again you know, and then all hell breaks loose, and Egwene is channeling, and then as Equine is channeling, she feels naive and Elaine, like, stepping up and joining in with the chaos, uh-huh. and I loved, loved that moment, because it was such a girl power moment, because uh-huh. the, it was like, yeah, Gwen, like, well, we're standing by you and we're not going to let anyone get you. And
1: mm-hmm. I just
2: really liked it, mm-hmm. even though it was really stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> I still like it.
0: It was cool and stupid, and I stand by it.
2: Yes. <laughs> this is my description of myself. <laughs> So after this happens, Varen reprimands all of them, and Naini was like, Oh, like, sorry, we're just, you know, so, like, it's been a long journey back from Toman Head. And then the one remaining white cloak, whose (laughs) name is Dane Bornhold, is like, Toman Head, you're coming from Toman Head. And he's Exploding with anger, and he's just yep. like, I said, I and dark friends on Toman had killed my father. And you know, they're kind of like, Well, that sucks. Uh, light aluminum,
1: you. <laughs> Goodbye.
2: <laughs> so they ride on, and Varen is like, Oh, yeah, well, the real danger lies ahead. Dun mm-hmm. dun dun. Indeed. Chapter nine, secret. That was that was That's a, a good got.
0: summary, yeah. <laughs> Thank
2: yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, I left a lot of things out. So. I.
0: The first thing that I underlined in this chapter was a green standing in the stirrups, like searching for Tarval and like wanting to see it for the first time. And I don't know why this action to me says so much about her and the tone in the chapter like she is anxious she is ready she's frightened and doesn't feel safe and then she has like this realization later on that she feels like she's coming home like Mm -hmm. the true rivers isn't home for her anymore Tarvalin is and like everything she can become she feels is there inside the white tower so there's this like almost yearning sensation to her that a heel shows in that very first
2: sentence. Yeah, it says a lot about her character too. and I just think the imagery of her standing in her stirrups mm-hmm. it kind of shows you know, her her excitement. And her, like, readiness and willingness Mm -hmm. to be back. It's just, it's it's beautifully written. Yep. It really is.
0: She'd be off at a gallop at this point if she could be, you know? Like, she's only sticking with her group because that's what makes the most sense for her for taking care of herself and for being there for Matt, too. So, but she's ready. Like, she's really, really ready for this. Mm -hmm. And I think it says a lot for, like, The demeanor she takes on as she moves through her time at the White Tower and what comes beyond that. Um, She still does a lot of stupid 16, 17-year-old girl things.
2: But Yeah, they all do. Exactly.
0: (laughs) I still do stupid things on a regular basis. So Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it.
2: Another thing I really liked about Egwene in this chapter is when all the chaos is happening mm-hmm. she is not only channeling and we're getting this inner monologue about Sidar, mm-hmm. but she's still totally in control of her horse yes like bella is going back and forth i think it's said Bella's dancing sideways. Yeah. And Egwene is quoted as controlling the mare with the reins and her knees without even thinking of it while yep. wrapped inside emptiness. Woo! Um, <laughs> yeah, I know like it's just so cool and then like it on is. top of on top of that we have her sensing another eruption and another eruption after that Mm -hmm. and she's aware of Nynaeve and Elaine both Mm -hmm. enveloped in Mm Sidar. and it's just I don't know it's just such a really cool moment for all of the girls Mm -hmm. and then it's cut short by Varen being like you
1: idiots what
2: are you doing it's like you know you get brought back to earth in Mm -hmm. this moment it's just cool
0: Yeah, and I think about how they're all dressed and travel-worn at this point, too. Like, she's been wearing a Domine dress since they left. She's only had two dresses, and they're both Domine dresses. And Nynaeve is wearing a gray dress, and Elaine's definitely not all fancy, fancy Elaine girl-like. They Mm -hmm. are dirty, they are worn out, and I can just see them like steely-eyed facing down these white cloaks being like, you know what? We face down Shanshen. Fuck you. We're not gonna take it. (laughs) We're not gonna take it. Varen, you can (laughs) say whatever the fuck you want. No regrets for my actions. None. I did the right
2: things. And because I mean oh my this, gosh. In this show, we need like a metal montage. Like yeah. it need, this needs <laughs> a, a good soundtrack.
0: Well, and I just remembered, like, especially in the show, a capture of the white cloaks is like darkly put on the screen, I would say. It, yes. And I think that if they included this moment with like Everyone coming back from Falma, like, tired, angry, more than a little scared. Like, if they did this moment, Egwene has even more of a reason to be like, I fucking hate white cloaks. Like, after what they did to her, I'd want to do more than just blow up the ground around them.
2: Well, yeah, they they could actually have this scene happening... Absolutely. As she's going to the tower, and mm-hmm. like if they're if we're oh kind God. of in great hunt time in mm-hmm. season two, they could pull this, in mm-hmm. without a doubt, she we mm-hmm. don't even need the Shang-Chen capture Mm-mm. for this to be
0: impactful. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. well placed, really. Like I think the main point of it. Is I mean I think there are a lot of oh, points to
2: this. Ooh, sorry. what? No, no go you ahead. Got excited? Go ahead. No, you got excited. Go. Well, this would be perfect because this is when Elaine stands up and she's like, "My mother is the queen of Andor, and I." <laughs> you know what I mean? And that would be the perfect introduction to who is this girl that's mm. traveling with them if they're all together.
0: Yeah, that would be funny. I do like that how Elaine's like, I'm the daughter of Andor. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Back up. But if they did it that way, would Galad and Gawain be traveling with them?
0: Yeah, I feel as though, like, as far as timing and everything goes, it fits really well where it is. Like, Egwene's powers, her growth. Oh, do you mean, like,
2: fits in the books or in the show? Both, I think. Okay. Yeah, especially
0: with, like, what Egwene is able to do with the one power. Like, we haven't seen her channel too much um, since Falma, like. So, in a display of her powers, like what she's quote unquote learned from her time as a captive, kind of being reminded that she can do that and she's going back to the White Tower as a novice is, I don't know, it's just good placement. And for the three, like for of Elaine, and queen to be so bonded together at that point and mm-hmm. advanced enough in the One Power where they can see what Egween is doing and duplicate it like I feel like the and then for them to like what happens later on I think that this gives like a lot of context for what they've been through and what they're going to go through
2: I just realized there's one hitch in my plan if they did this in season 2 is that Egwene is not a very strong channeler yet Yeah. yeah so
0: and that's why this would like this scene would like make more sense coming
2: from fama because she's been mm-hmm. pushed like or or I mean, her and Nynaeve probably know how to make a circle now.
0: Maybe I don't know. I honestly don't know on that one.
2: Yeah, we'll see what they do. I'm sure there's all kinds of opportunities. Oh my gosh. But in the words yeah. of Vera, and, this is an abomination. An abomination. <laughs> she
0: also wants to be in on the conversation with Lanfear and Moraine about how terrible yeah. it is dealing with all of these children.
2: <laughs> I think it's really funny that... Dane Bornhold is just like standing there. All of this happens and then we get like two pages of Mm -hmm. like things that they're saying so Dane is just like standing there dumbstruck and then Nynaeve brings up Falma or Toman Head and he's like that's where my father was killed. And I just think (laughs) it's so funny. He was just like standing there (laughs) for how long was he just like 20 minutes later like That was my father. Okay. You know, I
0: don't, (laughs) I don't know because it does sound like they're kind of talking like he's not even there. Yeah. And like every once in a while, he's like stamping his feet like a spoiled child. Mm -hmm. Like, remember I am here. And then like (laughs) Varen just like, is like, you know what? The, the light shine on you. We have more important things to worry about than your temper tantrums. This is bye you know like just her (laughs) just
2: leaving him there the best part too is he like stomps (sighs) off he's like my name is dane bornhold remember my name (laughs) and they're like okay
0: bye bye (laughs) sorry i'm gonna forget about this in like five minutes so you can scream all you want but that's all i got for you oh the humor the humor yeah, some of these moments are just really good, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe this wasn't intended to be a humorous moment, but for me, it definitely is.
2: Yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. I agree. Good I agree. stuff. I do want to say that Naive mentions that she had tried healing Matt already, mm-hmm. and Egwene is like, "Ooh, like Varen said, you shouldn't probably shouldn't do that, right?" <laughs> you know. Hey, not your best idea. Mm -hmm. Do you think Varen really believed that what the girls did is banned by the three oaths? I mean, she said it, but... Because, like, if they really felt they were in danger... I asked myself
0: the same question, you know? Because I think think at some point, it's like, you could be stilled for doing what you've done. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. could they, though? Like... If you weren't taken the
2: three oaths yet and right. they were under what they Attack. believed was, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like if I saw like 20 white cloaks facing me down, I know what I would do because I know how I would feel. I would feel threatened for oh, my yeah. life.
1: Yeah. Earthquake.
0: Yeah. Like I would not hesitate to open the ground in a great big pit and bury them all, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I mean, especially if the white cloaks are like the white cloaks like we see them in the TV show where they burn Aes Sedai alive. I would definitely not hesitate about burying them.
2: Oh, for sure. For you sure. You know, like, this maybe, is,
0: maybe that's this a bit hard line, but...
2: This is why in my first read of the series, I was just like, Varen, I just, I don't get you. She had me on edge. I could never really figure out where she stood. Mm-hmm. I know some people went through really enjoying her, but she really worried me because I'm yeah. like, I don't there, – there's something untrustworthy about her, I feel mm-hmm. like. So, yeah,
0: Egwene picks up on it, too. Like, she notices it in the in her narrative where she's, like, sometimes – like, since she's a brown sister – Brown and mm-hmm. sisters are notoriously spacey and a comments that there were times where Varen did not appear vague at all and that it like the implication yeah. that I just got from it was that she saw it as a show on Varen's part.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're they're carrying Matt on his deathbed and she's right? like, um, be right back gotta go talk to the tower guards and iguena's like what are you doing like Mm -hmm. do you realize what we're carrying right now and you're just gonna like yeah but that i think happens in the next chapter so yeah
0: i think it does actually um the thing that The last thing I want to say is just like the last line in the chapter two, which is when Varen tells them that they all have to truly be on their guard now. Um, And that the real danger, the true danger is actually inside the tower. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, what does that mean? What does that mean? (laughs) So yeah, next chapter is Tarvalin. I'm pretty sure she. Oh my gosh, Amber! What? Wrap up the podcast. We just got to Tarvalin.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I know, right? But that's so funny. <laughs> well, we've already been there. I mean,
0: okay, yeah. But I mean, I just hadn't ever like looked at the the chapter I'm surprised title and we been, didn't like...
2: make. A bigger deal about when Matt on the TV show was like, "All roads lead to tarval and we're like, "Are you sure?" Because we can't find it.
0: <laughs> you know what? Maybe we can do something with that when uh, season two comes out, and we can do like a a rewatch refresher or something. Yeah, make we could some stuff out like of it. That. that would be really fun, actually. Yeah.
2: Adrian said, I love this, that Robert Jordan wrote Varen with a bird-like look like a closeted predator. I love that. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. So good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Rewatch, refresher.
2: Rewatch, refresher. Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. Okay. Chapter 11, Tarvalin? Yeah, sorry. I knocked
0: over my my water bottle on the floor, and it's heavy and loud, so I had to... (laughs) Pick it up and fix it. Sorry. No, you're
2: fine. So (laughs) let's let's go to Tarvalin. Egwene's party reaches the city and we see bridges and the architecture and etc. And Varen is not in a hurry at all. She's kind of chit-chatting with a tower guard and we learn that the news from Falma has already reached Mm Tarvalen. They get into the actual city, and Huron departs, saying that he needs to go report everything that's happened to Lord Mm Agilmar, which is where we took the quote from in the beginning of the podcast episode. And Everyone goes to the tower now. So the mistress of novice is waiting for them and Matt is kind of whisked away.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: Varen calls Elaine and Egwene and Nynaeve runaways and she won't even let them mouths their mouths open to protest it
1: mm-hmm. for
2: good reason, I feel like. They are locked in their rooms and not allowed to speak to anyone until the Amarlin will see them. Dun dun dun. Ba, ba, ba. And that's chapter
0: eleven, Tarvalin. So like you said, they get inside the city. It's really fun. The description of Tarvalin is really, really, really fun.
2: It's um, bustling and I love mm-hmm. all the descriptions of their the people and yep. what they look like. And mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> the way it. that it
2: smells.
0: Like that was a, a fun one for me. Like spices and baking mm-hmm. and people. And of course, you know, tar- Tarvalin is immaculate, so it doesn't smell like urine or poop at all. Everything <laughs> <No>. sounds great. <laughs> but I like that. I liked the, of course, the description. I, I don't know why. I really like reading the descriptions of Tarvalin quite a bit. It's just so graceful. Yeah, um. and I.
2: I think they really tried hard in the TV show to encapture this moment. Like Mm -hmm. when we get into Tarval and there's hawkers and people selling things Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of bustling. There's fruit and pears and Mm -hmm. it just it like they really tried, I think, to like be true to the books. I know some people don't love the set of Tarvalen, but I think it was really fun so I I agree nothing bad to say about it
0: it's not my it's not my my favorite I've said this before I really wanted it to look like the fan art or like the tower in the never-ending story that would have been cool
2: too yeah you wanted like full fantasy yes
0: yes I did yes I did I wanted it to be like fantastical in only the way that a non-human
2: could make it and... yeah the only thing though tracy is they don't have elevators so
0: well that's why they work together with the
2: power <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: uh i i really like the way that it is designed though it's not what i would have gone with if i had been in charge of what that looked like but especially when you're inside Tar-Valin, like, when Matt and Rand come into the city and that initial greeting is just, like, it is really vibrant. It does have, like, a feel of fun and almost lighthearted relief to it, which, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, Rand is feeling Matt not quite so much. But, you know, I thought that they, with that, they did a good job. I like the interior of Tarvalin a lot or, like, the, the White Tower. And the so, tea room.
2: Your tea room. Oh, the tea room. Hmm. See, that's that's the thing. I could find things to pick at, but they mm-hmm. gave us that tea room. So now I can't complain about right. anything. There are actually <laughs> and some to, like... like Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's still really pretty. Yeah. You know,
0: like I still really I really like it. <laughs> Adrian says more tea rooms. More tea rooms for sure. Just pitch every other scene that doesn't include a tea room. I'm boycotting.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And two, there's like budget restraints. Like that set was still huge. Yeah. I mean, that was a big set. Mm -hmm. But you know, we got just a few alleyways pretty Mm -hmm. much. And yeah, that's hard. I mean, you can't. Rec- recreate an entire city.
0: No. And I think I think for a 2020 production, they did a really good job. And I, mm-hmm. I don't want it that to be like a you get a you get a, a freebie or a slide or whatever.
2: Come on, Jeffrey, you can do it. Budget <laughs> budget more money to it. I don't know how that song goes. But yeah. They mm-hmm. if they had, I mean, think if they had that Lord of the Rings money right
0: yeah and that's what they that's what they should have that's what they should get like i'm really eager to see season two because if it sticks true to the book and if they if they continue to go along the line that they're going with a step towards improving with each Mm -hmm. season the way that the books do then i think that amazon should just throw all the money at this show everything
2: <laughs> well yeah like it has all the potential to be the best tv show yeah out there easy I mean, easy
0: it's all there it's all there Every, everything you want and need to pull out an exceptional visually fantastic production is just all right there
2: yeah now it's just up to the budget Mm -hmm. the writing i mean the actors knock it out of the park no matter what so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah.
0: i think i think that's another thing that's very much in the favor of this show i really like the cast Mm -hmm. i don't I don't really get into the cast on every show that I watch, but on this one, you know, I pay attention every once in a while. Mm -hmm. I like them. I love that Daniel Henney's from Michigan. I just do.
2: (laughs) Our our Midwest guy.
0: Yeah, anytime we head up to Michigan, I I send a little wave out. I know he's probably (laughs) not there, but, you know, in the off chance. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> mr honey
0: right it's away from me or like you know who i am <laughs> <laughs> uh, want to come want to come play with our dogs they're pretty great
2: oh okay i want to get back to this chapter mm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um let's so, see here goodbye to huron because we never see him again that was last chapter yep yeah. Like, the end, but... I,
0: his his need to leave to go to... Um, Saldea, No. Shinar. Shinar. Um, yeah. I feel it, you know? Like, he almost has the same feeling that the soldiers had when they were in the mountains waiting to decide where they were going to go with Rand. Um, and I also... This is not a very long journey to go from Tarvalin to Shinar. Like, comparatively to other places, it's just, like, up the river and you get dropped off. (laughs) So that's pretty great. He's like, the next ship going out, I'm going to be on it. Later. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, when he's like, I'll be there if you need me, Nynaeve is like,
2: Pfft. We'll never need you, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. She's like, are, you, like- are you implying that I cannot right. take care of myself, good sir? Right. <laughs> is that what you're saying?
0: And, like, she's like, they always tell you that they'll be there when you need them. But if you do, they're never there.
2: I do like this moment where... Varen kind of pulls them aside. Egwene is like, do you really expect trouble here? And Varen's mm-hmm. like, girl, I always expect trouble. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. You
2: know? Like, yeah. this This is how you need to live life. Like, yeah. if you're going to assume that everything is going to be a walk in the park, you're going to be disappointed.
0: Very. Yeah. Wise What's... words. Unfortunately. Wise words yeah. Yeah. I don't understand why Varen chose to take them to this roundabout side gate. Like everybody knows, she's in the tower grounds the moment she walks on the tower grounds. So why is she trying to keep it secret? Secretive. It feels like she's trying to keep it secret, but like I think someone even tells her, like everybody who didn't know before will now know within a matter of moments so
2: yeah this is true I mean maybe there's I don't know like maybe she's just trying to avoid one person in particular oh
0: interesting
2: like is there someone at a different gate that she just wants to avoid
0: maybe maybe Because I was like, of course she's going to go to a side gate. She doesn't want everybody to know that she's back right away. But what, please?
2: Or, 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 she went to the gate where she knows maybe one of the tower guards. And that's why she's doing her chit chat because she wants the hot gossip on what
0: people Mm. are
2: saying within the city. And she knows whoever she's talking to there will give it to her straight. Ooh, okay. I like that because she's very curious right like Mm -hmm. she's taking the time to talk to people when Matt's literally dying
0: right yeah I mean maybe it's like she has a, a spy of her own kind of thing yeah yeah huh yeah okay I like that
2: maybe we'll see if there's any clues later on
0: yeah 'Cause I am I am curious as to why she did that. Like strategically it just didn't make any sense to me. Like she might as well just come through the front gate if everybody's gonna know about it anyway. Like (gasps) she needs to get attention so that Matt can get attention.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing too. Oh Mm -hmm. Mm. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. There's I can't I can't really go into it now. I'm sorry. It's time sorry i have a couple
0: things for spoilers written down too yeah and shiriam mistress Mm -hmm. of novices shows up she accuses excuse me she excuse (laughs) she (laughs) accuses the girls of being runaways yes and then she says with everything that happened i could almost wish you had not and i'm like what happened what what's going to happen why is Shiriam saying this? Also, I mm-hmm. like that a can't keep her mouth shut and she starts to talk and Varen is like, oh my God.
2: What did I, I just staple say to your you? your mouth shut. Yeah. Right? <laughs> she says, and- be silent and stares at her. That's scary. Right? <laughs> Ugh. And Nynaeve just crosses her arms and is like talking under her breath. I love that. I love yeah. that for her.
0: <laughs> I, uh, Nynaeve was tugging her braid nearly hard enough to pull it out of her head.
2: Is that the first braid tug
0: i don't think so okay. but i always i always like the gauge of how upset <laughs> how upset Nineveh is by how hard she's tugging at her braid or if she's like giving it like these these pulls like these gentle pulls because she's just kind of angry she's not super angry but when she's about to tear her braid out of her head she is pissed she's pissed
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah it just makes I me kind of like, how like it makes me laugh
2: i like how they're sent to their rooms as legit <laughs> prisoners it's like bar the door these ones are not coming out do not say a word to anyone and under guard yeah like they're each
0: given and accepted to lead them to back to their rooms and who who's the the one who's like
2: i hate wilders <laughs> um is it failing yeah 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 because like theodren theodren is the other wilder Mm -hmm. i think
0: yeah yeah she says i am called theodren and i too am a wilder and she's like i won't i won't bait you so i'll be your guide to your room and i'll be the guard on your door which apparently thanks theodren yeah but then like failing is like wilders on her tongue it sounded like a curse (sighs)
2: uh yeah uh why why do they think that she'll become a red aja just because she's mean they're like i guess (laughs) like right if you're if you're a mean person you become red aja that's it
0: yeah i would have i would have gone with white she feels a bit white white aja to me but yeah, that's the only reason I can think of that they would like associate or her with, with the red.
2: Yeah. I have no more for this chapter. Should we get to spoilers? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, the last, the last thing is the last part of the chapter where queen and Elaine are holding hands and they're being led away. And queen's last thought is light, let them be healing Matt
2: let them be healing Matt. Such a good precursor to what is going to happen in the next chapters. I know. I know.
0: That's why I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. And I love that little like tender hand holding between Elaine and Queen. These are the moments that I really
2: love. It reminds me of Moraine and Swan Sanche and New Spring, right? New Spring counter, ding, um, ding. It's it's just nice when we have these moments between women, and these. It, this is just a platonic friendship here, mm-hmm. but it's so nice to have.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So often within the White Tower. And even between Equine and Nynaeve, there can be some competition. and Oh, yeah. <laughs> it can be kind of backbiting. And I just really appreciate it when we're given moments like this. And it's mm-hmm. nice as a woman to read these types of things. And especially because throughout the books, this is not... I guess this, this would be an exception to the mm-hmm. normal... I want to say climate, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like for, so it kind for of some... female relationships? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. I mean, we we have a couple really strong female relationships, and those mm-hmm. are great. But this one is just... It's really its really nice. Wayne mm-hmm. and Nynaeve have known each other for a long time, but now they've kind of opened up their group, and they're being mm-hmm. joined by Elaine and it's not often within these books that you can just kind of, like, feel this camaraderie.
0: Yeah, and they need that, you know? There's a lot of, like... I mean, as we've pointed out, Maureen is not a gentle mentor or companion. Neither is Varen. The Forsaken are all shits, so, of course, they're not treating mm-hmm. anybody nicely. Like, for them to be able to find some of the relationships that they do... And the way that some evolve, some don't. I I like that. I like the way that it's written. I like yeah. little moments like this of like, I got you.
2: Yeah, and I would I would really appreciate it as well for some of the men to have moments like this. I mm-hmm. mean
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I feel it's like really... that is one thing the T V show has kind of improved upon a little bit more than the books. Yeah. Yeah. I really Minus the Love Triangles, not a fan
1: of that. Sorry. So done. <laughs> no, Explain. I just
2: I think
0: that in the book one of the tragedies early on is that Matt and Perrin, while they still remember that Rand is their boyhood friend and they've known him all their life, they kind of do what they can to separate themselves from him. Like if Matt had his way, he would be like, just gone, gone. Like this is mm-hmm. not his scene. He does not want to be anywhere close to a guy who can channel and relations be damned. Like he's yeah. scared and he wants to run. And that is not helpful. <laughs> it's understandable. No. And Perrin just kind of shuts down. Like he tries to connect with Rand, but that's not Perrin's strong suit. Like he's thoughtful and he does develop, but right now he's like baby Perrin and he barely knows what to tell himself. So Yeah. It's not very helpful. And so Rand just feels like I mean, it's almost like that Murdral when he was like, you know, cut down one leg. And yeah.
2: The tripod. Cut one falls. leg of the tripod. <laughs> <laughs> this is the goofiest line, sorry.
0: Uh, no, it's a I I hear like this clatter of like a tripod with a camera and stuff falling and being like, no <laughs> I don't know why? why. But I mean, in a way, they've emotionally done that to each other. Like they mm-hmm. all find ways to kind of create these little emotional silos around themselves they can't reach out to each other because no one's going to understand what they're going through and there are just not very many moments of them like trying to care for each other or being like dude this seriously sucks you know yeah yeah
2: and it can be it can be almost stressful to be the reader you know what I mean like there are moments where it's just not enjoyable where Mm -mm. it's like ugh here we go again
0: yeah it just feels really painful in some places and I, I kind of have to wonder if maybe this is slightly reflective of Robert Jordan's experience in the military like it
2: very much could be
0: yeah like I am I am an island kind kind of mentality. Like I can take care of myself and I don't need to ask for help, but it's actually a weakness.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's very possible. or it could be just a... almost commentary on like the military environment Mm -hmm. and how sometimes things aren't always the most healthy I guess Mm -hmm. for people where I mean he he went through some you know really Mm -hmm. traumatic stuff I would imagine Mm -hmm. so it's easy to see how this could be a way for him to deal with it or maybe Mm -hmm. like put it into his work but removing himself from it would maybe be a more, how do I want to say this, therapeutic way Mm. of dealing with things, Mm -hmm. perhaps. And I mean, let's be honest, the White Tower, it's like, it's the ivory tower, you know what I mean? Like, he's jabbing at it, I feel like, for a reason. And I mean, we joke a lot about, oh, the White Tower, like inconsistencies, like it is inadequate in so many ways and yeah. messed up on many levels
1: mm-hmm.
2: but I I really believe that this stuff was here for people to critique like mm-hmm. I don't think that this is just a coincidence, you know what I mean? Yes. And I don't mm-hmm. think that like I can dig on Aes Sedai they're not, you know, it's not a real person or whatever Mm-hmm. and i think it's funny that it's just like we're allowed to talk about it and it's okay because it's a fantasy book right and, you know there's no there's no consequences here but Ooh. we can use it to make to kind of like open our eyes to see what we see in our own society so exactly. not to get all you know dramatic no, that's, or anything but
0: that's one of the things that i really like about this series and I like about fiction in general is that you can take layers of society and give it a safe space to be discussed and hopefully avoid people like coming to blows over the discussion because what happens to soldiers during war is something that we're still kind of coming to grips with as a society that's been at war since like right. the beginning of time so i think that there's there are light pieces of commentary if you dig for them at the very least deep inspirations of who robert jordan was at the as a person oh, i yeah. don't think i don't think he can be separated from his military identity military identity
2: agreed here here
0: yeah
2: oh how fun feel- Yeah, I'm just feeling all of this, I think, because we we are fresh off of our poppy war stream. You know what I mean? Like it feels so Yeah. yeah, It cuts deep. For anyone who hasn't read that book, go read it. If you like military fantasy drama. If
0: yeah, if you just wanna like be pulled through a really fun story. It has like a little it feels like it has a little bit of everything but i would say be forewarned some of the spots get really really dark yeah get really dark yeah yeah
2: shout out to book club shout out to our yeah. stream shout out to christian for i was just us. gonna
0: say that thank you again christian <laughs> that was that delightful was so much fun yeah yeah and nice nice youtube video too on leviathan wakes christian
2: Yes, yes. Yeah. We both watched it <laughs> already. Yeah. On my uh, porch this
0: morning with my coffee. That's what I did. It
2: did you have to- more spoilers, Tracy? I
0: have I have just like a couple things that I wrote down that's like spoiler-ish, but not like mm-hmm. like big. So when Shiriam comes back and says that Varen has returned a pack of runaways. How often do we talk about Varen possibly being part of a runaway network? Like, her and Lara kind of like smuggle women in and out of the tower. So, is this maybe like something Shiriam's accustomed to? Like, here comes Varen with more runaways. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's totally possible.
1: <laughs> but that would.
2: That would give Varen a very good cover, you know, to right? be like traveling with strange companions.
0: Yeah. And to have found them in a weird place. Mm-hmm. Like, if this isn't her first time bringing run- runaways back to the tower, like, maybe maybe she's like a runaway bloodhound in a way. I don't know. Like, the whole tower <laughs> knows it. <laughs> she leaves flyers. Yeah. At the door. Have of you each seen this list.
1: person? Have you seen <laughs> this accepted?
0: Missing missing your
2: novice. <laughs> Dial one eight hundred. Right. Varen <laughs> Sedai. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Like so that kind of tickled me. And then I also wondered, does Sherrium or does Varen know at this point
2: Sherry is black? Yeah. I I think so. I think so.
0: Because I think this this is where her warnings are coming in. Like, she knows exactly who she's going to be handing those girls over to.
2: Yeah. And that's why she locks them in their room until they can talk to the Amarlin. Like, whew. I mean, can you imagine if Sheryam knew the whole story? Right. And Varen is probably like, these morons can't keep their mouth shut. What mm-hmm. if they say something about the Dragon Reborn? What if they say something about, you know, mm-hmm. the horn or the dagger or, you know, et cetera et cetera? Yep. Bad news, and so... I'm
0: pretty sure, like, even if they're thinking that there might be Aes Sedai trying to, like, eavesdrop on them with the power, mm-hmm. I doubt they would know how to detect it or block it and mm-hmm. so like it's really smart on baron's part to make sure that they stay separate it doesn't stop them from talking to each other agree like in a line no mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> but what, what can she do she's trying I, her best <laughs>
0: she's doing she's doing the best she can like again the whole herding cats thing mm-hmm I think the last thing that I just wanted to say is how stoked I am that Matt's healing is going to happen. And we've got, mm-hmm. like, one of the, like, shivery, bestest scenes in the series coming up. And I am just like,
2: my heart's all aflutter. Yeah, I was pretty excited to see Balefire and Dark Hounds. Because on my first read-through, I did not know that these were Shadow Spawn. And I was very disappointed in (laughs) all the animal abuse, like I said. Like, what is going on with Rand? I was like,
0: (laughs) why? Why?
2: What? (laughs) This is a terrible idea.
0: I mean, Perrin's getting, like, mind assaulted by wolves. Mm -hmm. So maybe, I mean, I don't think Rand, does Rand know about that for Perrin?
2: I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either.
2: I mean, he Ugh. knows about the eyes, but Perrin mm-hmm. hasn't really been forthcoming about exactly what he's going through. Unlike me. <laughs> make a well, flag. I mean,
0: <laughs> I wouldn't wait for someone to make one for me.
2: <laughs> and Rand's letting it all hang out. I mean, he can't help it. He's muttering in public. I mean... Yeah, no secrets for this guy.
0: Mm-mm. No, man. There's just so much. There's so much fun stuff coming yeah. up, and I'm really excited because we've got introductions to new characters. Uh, there's gonna be way more IEL fun stuff coming up. I actually really like the sections in tier. Like, <gasps> okay, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Should we,
2: should we wrap it up for today? I, I think we should. This has been delightful. Delightful. It's been a fun one. Mm-hmm. Thanks for Adrian. It's good to see you and chat.
0: Yes, thank and you for joining us.
2: I am going to end this now. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community.
0: Let us know what you thought of our content, correct us, send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes.
2: We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalan.